You're listening to the Your Today Story podcast, and I'm your host, Gina Kershaw. In today's episode, we are going to talk about stress, how it affects you, and a few things you can do to actually reduce it. I happen to be in a coaching session this past week, and the topic of stress came up. And I haven't really felt intense stress in a few years. So I'm embarrassed to admit I'd kind of forgotten how much it can truly affect a person's life. And then after the coaching session, stress came up again in the news uh, with some major athletes. And I knew that stress was something that I just really needed to talk about. Stress is actually one of the reasons why I started my online business, and it's one of the main reasons why I stopped working as an attorney and started investing in myself and my health, both physical and mental. So today, I want to talk about stress, the things that you should watch out for, And of course, some ways to reduce stress in your life. So if this sounds like something that might interest you, stay tuned. Hi there, I'm Gina Kershaw, a former criminal defense attorney that has helped thousands of women get back on their feet and move forward after challenging times in their lives. Building on that experience, I've spent the last 15 years mentoring, motivating, and coaching women to see their true potential so they can take action toward living their dreams. This podcast bridges the gap between where you are now and where you want to be by giving you the tools to find your purpose, get control over your emotions and feelings, and start having an impact for good for yourself and everyone around you. These tools are life-changing and will help you to obtain all that you desire, whether it's a successful business or simply peace and clarity in your life. So glad to have you here. Welcome to the podcast. Okay, welcome to today's episode. There was a college professor that stood up in front of her entire class holding a glass of water. She held it straight out in front of her, and she asked the class, how much does this glass of water weigh? So the responses were, you know, all over the place, like you would expect, like six ounces, eight ounces, people were shouting it out. And a few even went to the, uh, is it, is the glass half full or half empty? Um, But she just, she just stood there smiling and she shook her head because no one had answered correctly. Then she told the class, the weight of this glass of water depends on how long I hold it. If I hold it out like now for just a few moments, the weight is light. I barely notice it. It doesn't really even affect me. If I have to hold it like this for the next hour, my arm is definitely going to start to ache. It might even start to tremble a little bit, and I'm going to feel some fatigue. But if I have to hold this glass of water for the next 24 hours, it is going to become extremely heavy and I will eventually drop it. I love that story because stress is like that glass of water. At first, the things you're going through may not affect you very much, and you might not even notice that you're holding on to something that could become a problem. But eventually, if you continue to hold on to that stress, experience that stress, and maybe even add a little bit more water into your glass, 
your arm is going to fail you, right? Your body will fail you and you're going to end up dropping it. I know everyone experiences various levels of stress during their lives. Like nobody is free. Nobody experiences a stress-free life at all. Um, but there's, there's different levels and it can show up in lots of different ways. It can show up in school. Um, I know a lot of teenage kids that get very stressed out about school, show up in relationships, um, health issues, expectations, kids, uh, finances, like all of these things and more can cause stress in your life. And in jobs, right? Some jobs have constant stress um, that people just get used to and they just control it. Jobs like first responders come to mind. Um, But there's also other jobs that have a lot of constant stress too. And you might be in one of those jobs right now. Sometimes it's not just the job description. It can be bosses and people you have to work with that push you too hard or just in the wrong way. I know most of you can probably relate because you are facing deadlines. You've got difficult coworkers. You've got micromanagers, the worst, um, unnecessary meetings, things that take up valuable time. And some of you are even dealing with ethical issues that leave you feeling like you just, you know, you don't really know what to do. Also knowing that you have to make a decision about something coming up that could have a major impact on your life can be super stressful. So, I mean, all of those things cause stress, but stress just shows up everywhere. I mean, I, I think of home, right? At home, there can be plenty of things that cause stress. You've got bills, you've got relationship struggles, you have kids, You have um, scheduling demands. You've got birthday parties to plan. You've got homework. And you've, did I mention kids? (laughs) Yeah, there's just so many things to list. So even if you're not at a full time job and you are staying at home, you have plenty of stress. I know I have been there too. There's no escaping it. Stress is there for everyone, but it is part of life. Of course, it's just part of life. Um, I think that some of you have probably, I mean, as we're talking about things that are extremely stressful and that can affect you um, negatively, and there's probably a lot of you that have even been in situations that produced a lot of stress that you were still able to gracefully handle. But in this episode, I really just want, I want to focus on the type of stress that can negatively affect you you and your life. And so I think the first thing, the first way to do, to go about doing that is to really just get an understanding of about stress, like understand it a little bit better, and then to go towards like how to minimize it and its effects. I do want to tell you about three different types of stress reactions, because I think you'll be able to identify with one or more of these so that you can kind of figure out what's happening right now in your life. The first kind of stress reaction is the acute stress reaction. And this is what happens like during, like right when the stressful situation is actually happening. So imagine this, uh, you know, a a stressful situation is like in progress and you feel nervous. Um, Your ability to focus actually increases. It's kind of that fight or flight response, and it can be helpful in crisis situations. 
But what happens to you physically is your heart rate will go up, your blood pressure will go up, and um, you could even start perspiring. That's fine, except for if the stress in that acute stress situation becomes like too great, it can cause your body to break down. I think of people who um, are in the middle of a very stressful situation that have heart attacks, right? Like that would be an acute stress reaction. All right. The second one is a delayed stress reaction. And those happen after the stressful event. So you might feel like you're on this wave, right? Um, after the event, the anxiety and, and those feelings come and go as you relive the incident. And this type of reaction can also come because during the actual stressful situation, you were able to handle it just fine, right? You were able to handle it well, but now it's like holding that glass of water for an hour. It's finally kind of starting to catch up with you and take its toll. So the third type of stress reaction is called the cumulative stress reaction. And this is one, the one that I really just want you to, um, to understand it. I think it's the most important one. And this is when you're exposed to prolonged or excessive stress and you're kind of fighting to remain in control and you're initially successful, but you're just getting tired right? And as each stressful situation kind of adds on the next, you find it's harder to recover because each one of these situations has, has weakened you. So this prolonged or excessive stress can not only contribute to you basically dropping the glass, right? But you can have lots of symptoms. And some of the things that you should be aware of and, um, and notice especially if they're going on in your life, like there are signs that something is off. So some things to notice are, it's just kind of a long list of things, but it's like fatigue, um, changes in appetite, like not really being hungry, um, intestinal problems like IBS can show up, um, insomnia, being more irritable than usual, um, not being able to concentrate, oversensitivity, anger, frustration. Um, and then of course you probably know that stress is like, is this huge contributor to things like heart disease, um, high blood pressure, cancer, alcoholism, and depression, right? Those are all symptoms of prolonged excessive stress, right? And those are all kind of fall under this cumulative stress where you've been experiencing it for a while. So <laughs> now that you know that, um, and I'm sure that you've identified situations in your own life where you have experienced each one of those types of reactions, but how do you know when the stress in your life has hit a level where you should be concerned? <laughs> one of the signs is when you start to turn to drugs or alcohol for some relief, right? That can be a sign of trouble. Yet it's really so common to do that, that, um, like turning to a glass of wine after a particularly stressful day can just seem normal, right. To most people. And I mean, I'm raising my hand. I've fallen into that category before where I'm like, this situation sucks. I need a glass of wine. Right. So, but if it's, if it's happening like daily on a daily level and, and you're really feeling like you have to turn to some sort of substance to help you get through the situation, 
then consider that the stress might be a level where you, you should probably do something about it. Another sign that stress is becoming an issue is when you start to experience physical problems. I call this the body betrayal. I don't know if that has ever (laughs) been said like that before, but I feel like this, the cumulative stress that causes a physical problem seems to always show up as a body betrayal. And I call it a body betrayal because you think you're able to handle the stressful situation just fine. Like up here, like you're like, I know I can handle this, but your brain knows when the stress is too much and it just starts shutting down your body right? Your body basically just shuts down and it can feel like a betrayal because in your mind, you know, you can handle this, but your body just says, no, not doing it, not going on. I think of my years as a criminal defense attorney, and it was pretty stressful, but I thought of it as this positive stress, right? Because I was, I was totally in my element. I was good at my job. I could handle anything that really was put in front of me. I've got like anxious clients. I've got aggressive clients. There's deadlines, um, you know, unreasonable judges, I've jury trials, um, you know, people's lives were often on the line based on the arguments that I could present, but I felt like I was able to do it all and I really enjoyed it. But there came a point in my life when the stress started coming from more than just the job. So, you know, when I think about that story at the beginning of the podcast, this would be like adding water to my glass. Um, I mean, I had stress in my job that I knew I could handle, but I was also having these additional things kind of starting to happen. Like my husband and I were having some marital problems at the time and we were struggling financially. We had gotten behind, we'd gotten so behind on bills that I, I totally stopped answering the phone because it was bill collectors. That was like back before you could tell who was calling, but I, you know what? I knew I was going through a lot of stress, but still in my brain, I believed I could handle it. And that's when my physical body, my body shut down in total rebellion. (laughs) It was not good. Honestly, I think the reason why I was so shocked was because the one thing that I did feel like I had control over in my life was my ability in the courtroom and how good I was at my job. And that's why I was just like totally shocked when my body basically shut down. So even though I was at my most confident in a courtroom, I couldn't walk into the courtroom doors without experiencing terrible anxiety. I couldn't breathe. My blood pressure, um, it went up to a point where I started to feel like lightheaded and dizzy. And I couldn't think clearly. I couldn't form a good argument. Like, I was so mad. I was like, what is going on with me? And not, you know, other stuff's going on in my life too, but not this, not this too, right? This is, this is me and my element. It was so hard, you guys. Like it was such a body betrayal. Um, I look back on that time and 
now I think my body knew that the only way it could really get my attention. So I would slow down was to like really get my attention by taking away my ability to do my job. And it was really one of the hardest times in my life. But that's why I could totally relate to the situations that some of these famous athletes have been going through lately. And I admire them so much for their willingness to talk about this, to talk about stress, to talk about the body betrayal, and then just knowing to step back and slow down, even when it wasn't a popular decision, right? Um, there's Naomi Osaka. She's this top ranked tennis player, but she was recently at a at an event where she realized she couldn't do the press interviews. Now she's been doing press interviews her whole life. I'm sure in her brain, she was like, you know, you know, you can do this. It'll be fine. You know what to do, but she literally just couldn't bring herself to do it. And because she couldn't do the press interviews, she was disqualified from the tournament. And I'm sure that was extremely difficult for her to go through. And then there was Simone Biles at the Olympics. I mean, she entered the Olympics as the favorite to win gold in all of her events. I mean, she had prepared her whole life for this moment. And even though she was under a lot of stress to perform and live up to all this hype, she prepared. And I'm sure in her brain, she's like, I'm ready for this. This is my moment. And then she had the body betrayal, like that freaking body betrayal, right? Her body betrayal was something that gymnasts called the twisties. I actually had to Google this and look it up, but it's basically when your body loses its muscle memory, like mid skill. So they can be up in the air, you know, twisting around and as they're spinning, they lose control of their body. And sometimes they twist when they're, when they didn't plan to do it, or it stops midway, like they lose that muscle memory. And you guys, it's just seriously dangerous. And that happened to her. Can you um, imagine like, even though Simone had prepared her entire life for this one moment, and I'm sure in her brain, she knew she's good enough to win gold. Her body just said no. And that was it, right? The body betrayal. So yeah, stress can cause all kinds of havoc, including physical problems that if stress has gotten to that point, those physical problems, they refuse to be ignored. And that's when you know you're in trouble. It's gotten too far because your body is only going to betray you as a last resort. So if it's currently trying to get your attention, I hope you will listen and just take a breather. And of course, there are some other things that you can do to help. Now, because I'm a devout believer in morning routines and the benefit of them, I'm going to suggest that you incorporate some of these things into your, into your current morning routine. And if you don't have a morning routine yet, now might be the best time in your life to try one out. I'm going to tell you um, like eight things that you can do. Some of them will work into morning routines and some of them will be separate, but if you can get any of them into your morning routine, it's going to help you because morning routines are, they're proven to enhance like the health of every person that uses them. And I know that when you design a morning routine for yourself that has both these physical and mental exercises, it's going to help your body heal faster 
and it will help you to start feeling like you again. So here's this list of eight things that you can do. The first one, as soon as you're awake, but before you open your eyes, decide what your today's story is. So who are you going to show up as today? This one small decision as you start your day is going to have a massive impact on the things you do and the choices you make. And it's also going to help you help to remind you about who you are as your best self. When you're willing to show up as your best self, it can really help um, for a lot of the stress and situations you're going to encounter during that upcoming day. All right. Number two, exercise. Go on a walk, do yoga, go for a run, like whatever you like to do. Any of those kind of physical movements are going to help because when you exercise, your body releases these chemicals called endorphins that trigger positive feelings in your body. So even though it's a physical activity, it's a great thing to add to your morning to help you get mentally ready for your day. All right. Number three, journal. There's something that happens when you write down what's going on in your life. And many times it helps you to get clear about a situation. And it also helps you clear a situation, like lets it out. Um, Doing a gratitude journal also is super helpful. Writing down all the things you're grateful for is very calming. And it helps you to feel better about where you are in your life right now. Number four. Create a list of affirmations that you can read out loud. loud. This is a great part of any morning routine, and it helps with stress a lot. I found that affirmations related directly to my identity seem to be the most help when I'm going through something difficult. Um, You're going to write them out as I am statements. So things like, I am worthy of good things in my life. I'm intelligent and capable. I am patient. I'm kind. I am confident. Saying things like that out loud in the morning as part of your routine really help you get grounded for the day ahead of you. All right. Number five, if you can get out in nature, being outside in nature, breathing in the clean air, witnessing the beauty of the earth is very good at reducing stress. All right. Um, Number six, take a day off. Do it just for yourself. Go somewhere where you can be alone. Go somewhere where you can relax. You can read, get a massage, take a nap without interruption. It's really important for you to take time for yourself when you are starting to experience this kinds of, of prolonged stress. Um, it might not feel like it, but your work can wait a day or two. I mean, whatever you're working on can always wait. There's a reason that the law requires employers to provide personal days at work. And this is the reason. And guess what? You don't even have to give your employer any reason for taking one. In fact, they're not even supposed to ask you. If you have personal days to take, you can just call and say, I have to take a personal day. All right. Number seven. Find someone you can talk to. Talking about situation or life with another human can really help in getting perspective. It can be a good friend. It can be a family member. It can be a therapist. It doesn't matter who you talk to as long as you feel like you can share freely in a safe space, right? And that you have a good listener on the other side. 
And lastly, number eight, just give yourself some grace. Remember that the universe always has your back. If you're going through something very stressful or difficult right now, it's because there's something good for you on the other side of this. And you are exactly where you are supposed to be in your life right now. Sometimes this these kind of thoughts can help with stress because if you know that there's a reason for you to be going through it, it helps to get through it. <laughs> I'm sure you know what I mean by that. Um, but just knowing that it's supposed to happen this way because it is happening this way will help you to be able to deal with situations better. All right. I hope this episode helped you in some way. I look back at the very stressful moments in my life and know that although I I couldn't really see my way out at the time, they've actually led me to where I am now, living a life that I once dreamed of, right? Being able to help, being able to have a positive impact on so many people and really feeling like my life has meaning and purpose. And I want the same for all of you too. Okay. Thank you so much for listening today. I invite you to subscribe if you want to hear more. And if you're new here, I think you'll find some of the uh, previous episodes very helpful too. Uh, One of the first ones on imposter syndrome is um, has the most downloads. It's a favorite. And if you're willing to give a review, I would be so grateful. Um, The more positive reviews that a podcast has, the more it shows up in searches. And that would really help me to grow this podcast. If you're able to do a review, will you screenshot it and send it over to my team at yourtodaystory at gmail.com? We'd love to reach out to you and send you a Your Today Story notepad for your nightstand so you can write down your thoughts about how to show up the next day and be ready to set that intention first thing in the morning. And if you'd like more information about the Your Today Story experience, you can head over to yourtodaystory.com to get on the wait list. And of course, more information and freebies are always available on my website, ginakershaw.com. Okay, thank you. That's it for this episode. I hope you guys have a great week and I will see you next time.